0: Stocks, bonds, ETFs—straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge.
1: Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host Tracy Reinick, and this week I'm joined for the very first time by Zach Stock Strategist David Boren to discuss one of our favorite topics here on the Market Edge podcast pot stocks. Yes, we have to return to this subject. It's 2019 and a lot is going on in this industry, in this area. And so I thought we'd take another look at it since I have David here in Chicago. And he's going to be launching here at Zacks a new newsletter called the Marijuana Innovators. So he's all up on everything that's going on in this industry. So it's even better timing to get him in here to talk about it. But we had a lot go on in 2018. Cannabis became legalized in Canada. That was the big story. A lot of the stock soared into that event that happened in the fall there, and then they all crashed down, (laughs) or it was not good. But this could be a buying opportunity, maybe, for some of us who missed out on buying in before that legalization and um, now get a, maybe a second chance. And we're starting to see, I feel like David, some growing pains with some of these companies. Like there was a lot of hope built into them. And now we're getting the reality trade with a lot of these because they are after all real companies who have to actually have revenue, grow grow their revenue, figure out how to make profit from um, cannabis or now hemp too. And Um, A lot of them, I feel, are struggling a little bit, or the investors in them are struggling because that hope trade has kind of faded now, and now they're faced with the reality. I guess we just heard from Aurora Cannabis. It's now traded on the U.S. exchange, and it's ACB is that ticker. And they just announced guidance for the second quarter of fiscal 2019. So this is the real business now of cannabis. And they wanted the growers. And they saw revenue for the quarter of between $50 million and $55 million, That's in Canadian dollars. And that's up from $11.7 million of the prior year. So that's super dramatic growth there. But it was below, well below what the analyst consensus was. They were looking for 67 million, so a little bit weaker there. But I did notice in their press release, they said production, they're producing 70,000 kilograms per annum. Um, Then they're upping it to 100,000 kilograms. And now they've reaffirmed 150,000 kilograms per annum in the fiscal third quarter of 2019. So that as Even if I didn't know anything about the industry, I feel like that is telling me something good. If, if someone is farming and they're producing more of their product, I like that. But the stock has been, like I said, some of these have been crushed down. And over the last three months, these shares are down 51%. So what, what is going on like, now with these growers and like, what is Aurora Cannabis telling us?
0: Sure. Uh, Well, I think there's a few things happening here. Um, First, all the growers that we have that are listed on U.S. exchanges are, in fact, Canadian companies. Obviously, right. there are no U.S. growers. You can't list a, a company that grows marijuana um,
1: And that includes, like, is that like Tilray is one of them, exactly. right? Exactly.
0: Tilray, Kronos, Canopy,
1: okay.
0: uh, and Aurora, as you mentioned.
1: Okay.
0: Um, so, the, 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 again, I think a few things are going on. The first thing that I think is interesting is that the uh, when we knew that Canada had legalized marijuana, and it happened, I think, on October 17th, right in the middle of October somewhere, everyone's expectation was that it was simply going to be Legal, just the same way that you could stroll into a grocery store or liquor store and buy a six-pack of beer. Yeah. Uh, and that was far from the case. Uh, each of the provinces got to set up their own rules, and they were significantly different, including some provinces that set up rules that said you could only buy it at a state-owned store. Some said you could have regular retail shops. There were no retail shops in Ontario um, where it's wow. obviously a huge population area. Yeah. And so the expectation that these growers were suddenly going to be able to sell a huge amount of marijuana that they had produced to a totally open market um, didn't pan out that way. Uh, and there were a lot of shortages. People that wanted to buy pot legally couldn't. This sort of leads to the persistence of the black market that existed before legalization. So it's been a bit of a mess in Canada.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, it hasn't gone smoothly. And I think that that's an important lesson as the United States looks toward legalization, that if, if you let it – the the more bifurcated or the the more uh, state players you allow to make their own rules, the more inefficiencies you're going to see in terms of Delivery from the business side.
1: Yeah, because there's not like one main standard then. Exactly. That goes across all the markets. Wow, that does sound like a mess. So I also noticed in Aurora's press release that they said they're going to be introducing this uh, product called the Aurora Cloud, which is a vape-ready CBD oil cartridge. And then they also said that uh, current draft regulations, this goes to what you just said, um, are, are being made up that will allow higher margin products such as vape pens, beverages, and edibles to be sold to the Canadian adult use market during 2019. So I gathered from that statement, cause that's directly out of their press release that right now they cannot sell the beverages, the edibles or the vape pens to the Canadian adult use market because as you just mentioned, the regulations are all messed up.
0: Exactly. Um, and we've seen that even in the, the states of the United, in, in the U.S. that have legalized marijuana. Uh, the idea that you, someone would buy uh, the raw plant and smoke it um, is getting sort of antiquated. And people are, uh, the, the method of delivery that they choose is really leaning more toward uh, the vape pens specifically uh, and edibles and beverages yeah. um, as opposed to lighting something on fire and inhaling the combustants.
1: What do you make of the Constellation brands, their big investment that they made into Canopy Growth? Um, That made big news last year, and then they basically doubled down on their investment there. And will they be among the first to come out with the beverage then, do you think? Uh,
0: You know, I'm not sure. I know that there are other companies that are looking at beverages as well. Constellation, I think, was the first uh, big, primarily liquor company to take a public stake in a marijuana company uh, with the intention of becoming a purveyor of marijuana products, whether it be a beverage or something else, once it becomes legal in the United States. Uh, So they were a a first mover in that space, but um, there are others now. Altria has now taken a stake in Kronos. Uh, Molson Coors has a joint venture with Hexo. Uh, They are gonna make a beverage. They've announced it's it's a beverage. Um, And so there are a lot of of potential deals Between established players in other industries, non-marijuana industries, and marijuana companies, I think, that we're going to see going forward. And the Constellation was simply the first of them.
1: Okay. Now, what do you make of some of these stocks? Like, if I want to get into this, maybe I might choose a Constellation Brands. And I noticed, uh, because I've been following it, they have a fantastic chart over the last couple of years, but th- these shares are down 24% in the last three months. Is is now the time maybe to get into some of these? And then I looked, we already talked about how the Aurora shares are down big, but Canopy Growth is also down 42% in the last three months. And then I looked at the Tilray, those are down it's 43 same, as well. Right? Yeah. So these were the, the dream stocks, not Constellation so much, although someone should have, been thinking it was a dream stock five years ago. But <laughs> but the the big again, these were the hope trades and I'm gonna get rich. And these are the stocks everyone was asking me about. Last September, before the legalization actually happened, and I was getting these crazy emails and texts and stuff like, oh, my dad says I should be buying it, but, you know, it's soaring now. Is it too late for me? And now nobody's asking me anything about it, Mm -hmm. even though they're down these big amounts. So is this still – is it still as speculative as it was, you know, six months ago, but now cheaper or –
0: uh, well, yes, it, it's both. It, it is just as, as speculative as it was six months ago. Okay. Uh, they certainly are less expensive than they were. Uh, and But I, I would also like to remind anyone listening that these stocks have run up quite a bit. I'm going to take Tilray for an yeah. example. Still way above where it IPO'd. Uh, okay. It ran up uh, at one point during a, a very odd short squeeze event, uh, traded $300 in a day, one yeah. day, uh, and then kind of settled into the low triple digits in the hundreds, and since has sort of backed off. Part of that has been the disappointment about the the widespread um, shortages in Canada and, and their ability to distribute legally for the recreational market in Canada and part of it is just the markets in general have been down over that same period so right. they brought these stocks with uh, okay. are they cheap well they're cheaper er but these are still stocks that trade at if they have any net earnings <laughs> right. pretty ridiculous pes and even the ones that don't that are not turning a profit so you can't really compute a PE they're trading at pretty absurd uh, price to sales ratios even so yeah. these are extremely expensive stocks okay I think the people that are buying them want to be first movers they yeah. see a movement coming they say i want to I want to be involved in one of the stocks mm-hmm. that's going to be in this industry it's it's pretty early to tell um okay. so I would probably limit my exposure to them to a very speculative part of the portfolio but yeah. there are also I think everyone agrees there's going to be some big winners oh,
1: for we sure. don't know what they are yet but yeah, I know. That's what makes it so exciting. Exactly. It does remind me a little bit of the dot com boom in the late 1990s when there were all these companies you didn't know who was going to survive, right. but they were all doing some pretty cool things in an area where there was going to be a big market. And and some of them some of them went bust, and I you know people lost money, including myself. <laughs> but a- you were you were rolling the dice. But it, it's it's kind of fun to do that with a, a as you said a smaller part of your portfolio.
0: Right. Uh, no, that's a great analogy. The dot, its very much like the dot com, and that you can see it coming, and you know there's going to be an Amazon out there, and you know there's going to be a Pets dot com out there, uh, mm-hmm. and now is the time when people are making their bets.
1: Yeah. Now switching over to the U.S. then. What about, um, what is happening here? Because a lot of people are excited about this recent passage of the farm bill. And I know that sounds kind of boring. The farm bill, Tracy, what are you talking about? What do we care? Because that uh, changed the classification for hemp. So it's now considered an agriculture commodity and it was removed from the DEA's list of controlled substances. But as I was kind of researching for this podcast and, uh, finding out more about what the farm bill actually has done. uh, I discovered basically what you said about what's happening up in Canada with cannabis is that this is now that the feds are kind of moving out of the way on hemp, which is the non, non getting high part of the (laughs) marijuana industry. Let's call it that. um, It's still driven by the States. And I didn't realize 11 States actually have laws in the books, like still making it illegal for hemp And um, although some of them allow it for uh, medical uses and things like that, but it's very difficult for the growers there, the farmers, to grow it. Other states had been working. They might have had laws in the books, but they've been working with the federal government with the understanding that we were going to get these changes eventually. Mm -hmm. And so now they seem raring to go. I I noticed um, I saw that. North Carolina, apparently, they have a Department of Agriculture Industrial Hemp Commission, which has started in 2014, actually, and they had a hemp pilot program where they were monitoring the farmers during that time, the ones who were in the program to make sure that they're growing less than the 0.3 of THC, which is the hemp plant, but it's required to be less than the 0.3. And um, they had a whole bunch of licensed growers under that pilot program. And now that the farm bill is passed, they're able to launch even more like in it because they have the infrastructure all ready to go. And they're able to show... We've been monitoring this. They're not growing the other cannabis plants (laughs) instead of this. And these are the right kinds. Mm -hmm. And so um, they just allowed another 82 growers to get into the program. They have 438 licensed growers on over 6,000 acres of what they call industrial hemp. And so some of these states look like they were really forward thinking on what could happen with the hemp market. And maybe we could just talk a little bit about where the hemp business could go and i'm not sure how you, how investors could invest in, in it right now because we don't seem to have any company that's just specific like publicly traded at least, sure. that would be on hemp because these changes are just happening right now. But I noticed, and just for people who aren't aware out there, who are listening, who know the cannabis, obviously you're smoking or you know putting that in the brownies or whatever. But um, hemp is, the hemp seed apparently is rich in omega-3s and omega-6s. Fats, which we can get from fish and other things. And other nutrients are in it. So people like to add the hemp seeds to their dishes. And then you you do have food and drink um, ways you can play it with the CBD. Then you have clothing. And that's that's the one area I've always heard about. And that's because the hemp fibers, apparently, are more porous than the cotton. So I could even see a lot of the athleisure Makers possibly, depending on the price point for hemp versus cotton, actually possibly changing over into the hemp. Fabrics, the CBD supplements. This is the thing I heard about all during the holiday season. I don't know if you did, but there's always someone in every family who's like into the latest thing. And like last Christmas, it was like I got inundated by like the Bitcoin guys who are like, you have to buy the Bitcoin or the Ethereum. This Christmas, they were like, oh, my CBD oils and my supplements and those are appearing now pretty heavily Mm -hmm. and then you also have like these other um, areas like possibly cosmetics soaps all this but the fda has us already warned everybody that if it's if it's like a cosmetic item or like a food or or drink it has to get fda approval So where do we stand on possibly investing? Do we just kind of wait and see what develops in the hemp area?
0: Uh, Well, yes. Uh, I do have one pick for for hemp uh, and with the farm bill that I'll give you in just a second. Uh, But for the most part, yeah, you got the story exactly right. Um, Hemp is now basically legal uh, for cultivation across our country with the the exception of a few of these uh, sort of outlier state laws. Yeah, Um, And it does have a... Uh, really wide variety of industrial uses for textiles and fabrics, and even for like building materials and the like. Oh wow! Uh, it's a, a very versatile and, and durable okay. fiber that they can make into a lot of interesting things. Uh, I don't know of any specific way to play any of those industrial uses right now yeah. because the markets are sort of waiting to be created now that a significant amount of hemp can be grown. Right. Uh, where I think it is investable right now is that hemp being low in THC, which is, and I'm going to backtrack just a little here. So in in the marijuana plant or the hemp plant, the, in the family, uh, there are two main cannabinoids: THC and CBD. THC is the one that makes people high. It's the one people want when they smoke marijuana recreationally. Okay. Uh, CBD oil does not is not psychoactive. Does not make you feel high, but does appear to have all sorts of health benefits, both in terms of these sort of general health and wellness kind of benefits, and then also as an ingredient in legitimate pharmaceuticals. Just like you'd you'd buy from any you know major pharmaceutical manufacturer that are FDA that are tested, yeah, phase three tested that FDA approved the like, okay, uh, and so there is a comp- and that will now might be much more available for uh, for testing by companies CBD non THC hemp products uh, and the the one drug that's been approved with CBD right now by the FDA uh, is made by a company called GW Pharma uh, and it's called Epidiolex. So it's the uh, the first FDA-approved CBD-based drug. Uh, it's for a couple of rare types of epilepsy uh, that are especially damaging to children. Okay. Um, and from an investor standpoint, uh, it's going to be fairly expensive. The rack rate on the uh, dose is uh, $32,500 a year. Now, wow. the insurance price is going to be lower, yeah. uh, but these are potential uh, blockbuster-type drugs for companies who can now use CBD with much greater impunity to develop Legitimate pharmaceuticals, so t- GWPH.
1: Okay, I was just going to ask yep. you what the ticker was, <laughs> just to confirm. Yeah, we've heard a lot about GWPH in the last year. I feel because of they're one of the few that is further along in the process. It seems sure, um, but that is definitely one to keep on the radar. Um, okay, what about? if all these people are farming it, what about on the, on the actual agriculture side? I was thinking like, well, what about the fertilizer companies? Because apparently I I had to Google this too. Like what, what do you use to make this grow? (laughs) And apparently one of the fertilizers that is used is the urea, the nitrogen. Mm -hmm. And so it's possible some of the fertilizer companies could see an uptick in business over this. I don't know how much, um, but that would be like CF Industries. They're one of the biggest on the nitrogen side and that ticker is CF. And then what about like Scott's Miracle or Scott's Miracle Grow, SMG? A lot of people, we've included them in all of our marijuana podcasts over the last like year and a half because they were one of the few companies that was publicly traded that was kind of before some of these other Canadian companies came on U.S. exchanges. And it was, we always kind of went, ha ha, Scott's miracle Grow Okay, because they do do the potting soil specifically for marijuana. I know that they sell that. And then they too have fertilizers. A lot of the marijuana growers say like the miracle Grow actually does help to grow the plant, but that's kind of on like a you know, a mom and pop level, I'm assuming, but what, where do we stand with Scott's Miracle Grow now?
0: Uh, Scott's, it's a, it's a very interesting story. So I think it started really almost as anecdotes about illegal growers who were using Scott's products, which are intended for your tomatoes or your flowers in your yard, uh, and using it to grow cannabis products and having success with it. And Scott's, I think, uh, very wisely, sort of took that and ran with it and created products that were designed specifically for growing marijuana plants. Okay. Uh, and it was unafraid to market them as such. Yeah. Um, they also bought a uh, a big piece of a uh, sunlight lighting and hydroponic company. So they are... Um, they are very unapologetic about being involved in the marijuana industry, but on the periphery of things that are all completely legal in the United States, there is nothing legal about saying that you make a product that's useful for growing marijuana. And in fact, growing marijuana is legal in, by, right? at, at the state level it's in a lot states. of our country. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no, I think is... And now Scott's is not one of the big fertilizer companies, you know, like CF or Pocash right. or those kind of things. Um, it's really more of a consumer yeah. company, although it appears that they uh, they plan to... Participate in the marijuana market as it grows. Yeah. Um, okay. All the way. Yeah. Okay. So I still like Scott's Miracle Grow a lot. Okay. It's hard to make a prediction about what percentage of their revenues or profits right. going forward are going to come from marijuana, not knowing how legal marijuana is going to be uh, going forward. So it's difficult. Yeah. You know, a company like that has a, a piece of their revenues in marijuana. Can I make a prediction about what 2020 revenues are going to look like for the marijuana products? Right. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, but. Scott's is definitely still one to watch.
1: Okay. So it reminds me a little bit of Constellation Brands that's getting into the game, but it's a small percentage probably for, for now of absolutely. what the rest of the business is. So you kind of have to like the rest of the business too if you're yeah, gonna buy yeah, either one of those yeah. two. Okay. Um so where do we where do we see some of this going here in 2019 since we're at the beginning of the year? A lot is already happening. Um, but do you have any predictions of, you know, let's let's just say with the stocks, like sure. Will uh, will we get more coming public then this year, do you think, or where do we stand?
0: I think we will have more either coming public or more likely converting from uh, listing on the Toronto Exchange or the CSE, the Canadian Stock Exchange, where there are, I don't know, at least thirty or forty totally marijuana pure play stocks that are listed in these more OTC settings, I think the companies that get their act together are now going to pursue listing on the NASDAQ or the NYSE, be okay. U.S. listed stocks. Uh, the reporting requirements are a considerable burden to them. Uh, if you're a small company, yeah. uh, it's it's difficult to list on a U.S. exchange. It, it's a big administrative burden to uh, fulfill your obligations, but it also lends a huge amount of credibility, opens up your investment in your company to a much bigger pool mm-hmm. of investors. Um, okay. I think we're also probably going to see more of these either uh, of big companies either purchasing a marijuana company or a portion of it or doing joint ventures. Um, and the one that happened that I think people maybe uh, don't know all the way about uh, is Altria. Yeah. Altria bought 45% of Kronos, which is a Canadian grower. Uh, and at roughly the same time, and, and part of this is going to be speculation on my point, they also bought 35% of Jewel, uh, which is a maker of... Uh, Right now, their nicotine delivery system, it's a a vape pen and a vape cartridge that delivers nicotine to a user. Uh, They were originally marketed as a way to quit smoking. They became popular just in and of themselves. (laughs) Uh, And they've even had a few issues with the fact that they were selling fruity flavors and the like, uh, and they've been forced to uh, change the way that they sell and market their products so that they're less attractive to underage kids. Right, right. Here's where the, the speculation part comes in. Uh, I live in California where uh, marijuana is legal for recreational use. And I see a lot of adults who are using a vape pen as the delivery method of choice for marijuana. Uh, It's significantly different than I'm guessing a lot of people who live in a place where it's not legal are envisioning. Uh, These are not people who want to be hugely intoxicated on marijuana the way a stoner kid at a high school (laughs) that you're envisioning is. These are adults who are using this product to get Uh, what someone might refer to as a two-glass wine buzz, have a a very small amount of the chemical uh, and be because they enjoy it and they're very minimally impaired. And a vape pen allows them to have uh, a, a small, they use the word titrated, have a little bit, see if you like it, have a little bit more. The same way that someone might enjoy a glass or two of wine, they enjoy a cannabis product through a vape pen. I think Altria sees this coming um, across the country, and I believe that the combination of purchasing a marijuana grower and a vape pen delivery service, a delivery company, yeah. um, is was not an accident, okay. uh, and that their plan is to have either THC or CBD or combination products available with the Jewel Vape delivery
1: system. Okay, that's uh, a good prediction. We're gonna we're gonna be see, watching it. See if I'm right or not. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, there's just a lot going on. So I definitely will be tuning in and um, having you on this podcast again as the year goes on because people just love these stocks. Now, do you have any uh, advice for the investors who are already in some of these, specifically the growers that have Falling back because I was checking out on Stock Twits what everybody was talking about on some of their threads on there, and they seem pretty depressed here. <laughs> they sure. were used to last year when it was soaring, and now it's not so much, and it's pulled back. Um, but what what kind of advice do you have for people getting into some of these that are a little more speculative? Uh, I mean, my advice
0: is hang in there. Again, if this is the speculative portion of your portfolio, this is yeah. not. This should not be in your retirement fund. This is not your kids' college money. Okay. Uh, this is something that you're you're going to use as a spec. Yeah. Uh, again, there's going to be some winners and there's yeah. going to be some big disappointments. Uh, so as long as investors are ready for the idea that some of these stocks are going to be disappointing. Yeah. Uh, and there's there's one more sort of wild card aspect to this, and that's that. The regulation and legalization in the U.S. is going to cause movements in the stocks of these companies that have nothing to do with the companies themselves. Out of the control of the company, good and bad things are going to happen, and these stocks are going to rally and break on days when news comes out, and it has nothing to do with the soundness of their business. So as long as investors are ready for that sort of volatility, uh, I think that it's a great space to be in with your spec money, um, and there's going to be some big winners.
1: Okay. What kind of coverage does Wall Street have on any of these?
0: Uh, Do we know? I yeah. Didn't, I
1: didn't really look.
0: Is it decent? It is. It, 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 it's, it's really pretty good. Uh, and it is it is the hot business. Everyone wants to be in it. Okay. Um, so I
1: want to be a marijuana analyst now. Well, not necessarily. <laughs> is that my, my chosen profession?
0: I, I think going forward, as these companies get bigger, become more mainstream, it's going to lend itself to more traditional financial analysis. Okay. Right now, it's a little bit seat of the pants because- okay. We don't have an, an operating history for companies in this industry right. the way we do for virtually everything else. So yeah. it's very hard to compare apples to apples uh, in such an nascent industry.
1: Okay. Well, that's also something to keep in mind for all of you out there. So let's recap the tickers because we talked about pretty many companies here and you maybe you weren't keeping track of what the tickers are for some of them. So we had Aurora Cannabis. That's A-C-B. You can get canopy growth under C-G-C. Kronos is C R O N. Tilray is T L R Y. Then you we had um, well, Altria M O for that one. If you want to play that, uh, constellation brands they're reporting this week as we record this on the week of January seventh. That's S T Z. And, um, what else? Scott's miracle Grow SMG. We talked about the pharmaceuticals, GW Pharma, GWPH. And one of the fertilizers on the nitrogen side, CF Industries, CF. So I feel like every time I do this podcast, there's more and more stocks, which there are. So that's a good thing. And it makes it so much easier and more interesting because now we have many more ways to invest. So I know many of you are waiting until you get even more, but more will be coming, I feel, um, on the public markets here as the year goes on and over the next, you know, five to 10 years, because this is a big, big kind of change and big marketplace. So we're going to see, but this is always interesting. And I thank David for joining us on the very first podcast for the pot stocks. Um, That's always a good one to start off with. It'll, it's a, that's like, Well, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And as I said, I'll have David on again as uh, the year goes on, as more things develop in this industry. So you don't want to miss a single episode. You can get all of our podcasts and our older uh, pot stock podcasts, too. But now they're kind of out of date. So, But you can get all of them on um, iTunes. We're on Apple Podcasts, as it's called over there. And you can also get us on SoundCloud, but make sure you subscribe somewhere so you don't miss a single show. And I'll be back next week with some more stocks.